Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Man, I have missed that song. I am so pumped for 2022. It has been a few weeks here, Chuck. Yeah. And we're back on the steam room. Uh, Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. 2022, gotta be better. Hey, the last two years have hey, sucked. But we, gotta be we said the same thing a year ago. Well, this has got to be better than 2020. And now we're saying, well, 2022 has got to be better than 2021. I think it will be better. Do you? I do. How you feeling? I feel great, man. I feel great. Had a little uh, bug with the COVID. You and I both. I think I had the Omicron because I didn't have any symptoms. I was tired for one day, got a good day of sleep, and then I was back to normal. But I isolated in Philadelphia. Man, isolation is boring. Hey, in my house, I was upstairs. Cheryl Ann was downstairs. Yeah, she called me with the champagne. About <laughs> she was so excited to be away from <laughs> that's, that's a strange situation yeah. to, to go through when you're upstairs and she's downstairs. And then it's like, uh, I'm going to put your dinner at the top of the stairs. Okay, fine. And then I'd go over and get that. And, and then sometimes I'd be like, look, I just got to go outside and hang around. So she would leave for a second. Yeah. I'd go outside. You know, it was it's that kind of a dance you were doing. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you're feeling well. Yes, feeling I, great. You know, I never had, you know, I, I just felt normal. I did know? too. But it's just, it was just the test said yeah. you're positive. And yeah. so then you just follow the rules. Follow the rules. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to start 2022 off on a couple sad notes. I uh, hate to do and that. This but is our this is our first of all. It is. For, this is our first of all. You know, we talk about heroes and I want to talk about Bishop Desmond Tutu. Yeah. You never know how sports impact the world. And Bishop Tutu was a hero. And I want to acknowledge that. And Ernie, I got to tell you, it was a surreal feeling. I was on the second dream team here in Atlanta, and he came to speak to us. Really? I did not know that. And you could hear a pin drop because we were all in awe. They're like, uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu want to spend some time with you guys. We're like, this going to be one of the coolest things in our life. And we're like, this is so cool. And he comes in and he says, guys, I just came here to thank you. And we're like, excuse me? He says, I want to thank you guys for being heroes in our country. And we're like, are you serious right now? He says, with all the apartheid stuff going on, we are in a fight for our lives. He said, but watching you guys play basketball is one of the great joys we get in life. And I was like, man. You never think about it that way, do you? Never. I was sitting there and I was like, I kind of welled up a little bit thinking like, man, sports, they're not important, but they are important. I felt like that a couple of times when people have got assassinated and they wanted to debate whether to go have sports and things. 
9-11 and things like that. And sports kind of give you that normalcy back. But when he said that, I'm thinking like, this man has been living in South Africa fighting apartheid his entire life. And his first words for thank you guys for giving us some joy. And it just meant a great deal to me that we could bring some joy to people's lives in that situation. You know, when you look at the retrospectives on his life, too, yeah. there was such a joy in that man. This hearty laugh, this ability to just break into dance yes. at times. And that insatiable laughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got one guy I really wanted to meet was Gary Player. And I got a chance to play golf with Mr. Player. Like, I always call him Mr. Player and Mr. Nicholas. I've never called them Jack or Gary. They're always going to be Mr. Player and Mr. Nicholas. I just right. saw Mr. Nicholas recently, and it's always an honor and a privilege to see him. So I found out that Gary Player wanted to play golf with me, and it was one of the greatest things in my life. And he just says, like, you know, I was with Nelson Mandela one day, and I'm like, hey, hey, stop right there. Don't just <laughs> don't, don't just, just, just don't pass right by that. Because yeah. I would, like, those are heroes to me. You know, he says, yeah, I, uh, Nelson Mandela. And I was like, you know, Mr. Player, you just can't just say, hey, I was hanging out with Nelson Mandela one day and just keep going on to the next thing. And Bishop Tutu, those are heroes to me. You know what? I had the opportunity back in the mid-90s. I was part of the track and field coverage for NBC, the World Track and Field Championships in Johannesburg. And while we're in South Africa, we went to the township of Soweto, mm -hmm. in which infamously had just unbelievable unrest and death. And we walked into this place and you, you wouldn't believe the conditions that people were living in there. We went with a bunch of track and field athletes to the opening of a, like a sports rec recreation center for all these kids. Uh -huh. And to see the look on their face when they saw Marion Jones and these oh, other yeah. track and field stars. And they gave us all a bunch of t-shirts just to give away. In my office at home, I have pictures of me with some of these kids who are holding up their T-shirts. And to the point that you make yeah. that Desmond Tutu made about the impact of sports and the it's ability amazing. to just change one day. Well, you yeah. know, they'll never forget that day. Yeah. You think about the impact that he had. Yes. And, and then he says, yeah, but there's impact that you guys don't know about that I can tell you about. Yeah, that's, that's pretty you know, awesome. That's, yeah, that's really strong. And the next person I want to mention is the great Sam Jones. Mm -hmm. I got to know Mr. Jones the last X amount of years, and everybody know he was a great, great basketball player. But he was one of the most humble, generous, kind, compassionate men I've ever met in my life. And when I got the call from his family that he had passed away, and I want to admit something to me because let me know that we did have a connection. Right. But, man, I just want to acknowledge Mr. Jones because, you know, people talk about the Celtics. They talk about Bill Russell, John Havlicek, Dave Cowens, Dave Bing, Casey Jones, Red Arback. They talk about all those guys and Bird, McHale, Paris from my generation. But Sam Jones, he got about 10 rings also. Yes, he does. And and he could hit a bank shot. Uh, he could. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and the thing, one of the most graceful things – is humility. When you're at peace with yourself, because he never really gets mentioned in those great Celtics players, which he should be, but I don't think it bothered him because he was at peace with himself. I just want to acknowledge, man, it, it was hurtful when, he, when I heard the news. My life was better 
for knowing Sam Jones. And, you know, you say as, as you begin this segment, and I want to start with, you know, real sad news, but I think the way you talk about these guys, it's hard to be, understand me here. That sadness is tempered by this unbelievable memories. They, they were that be- really, my life was it's better a chance for to knowing se- these it's just, people. Just a chance to celebrate yeah. them. So it's, it's sad that they have passed. Yeah. It is great that we have yeah. memories like this and stories like this that you can share that... Uh, yeah, put it in a different light, that it's a, more of a celebratory than it is a mournful yes. kind of a deal right now. And last and definitely not least, my dad passed away uh, Christmas week. And me and my dad have had a complicated I relationship. Say, yeah. Yes. I want to make it perfectly clear the last long years of our life, we've had a great relationship. We had a rocky relationship the first probably 20, 30 years of my life, but A friend of mine, and I actually can't even remember who it was. My dad got sick in the 90s. It was a really good friend, too, but I can't remember. It was so long ago. He says, yo, man, you need to reconcile with your father. And I said, yo, man, why are you talking about that right now? We are never, it just don't work. He says, I want you to just listen to me. When your father dies, you're not going to have a father anymore. There won't be no more Father's Days for you. He says, like when your mom died, there's no more Mother's Days. And he says, I had a rocky relationship with my dad, but when he passed away, it kind of shook me up a little bit. So me and my dad reconciled, and we've been great. I hate that he's not going to get to see his first grandbaby born, because we had talked about that a lot the last few months. But we're cool, and uh, I hope he rests in peace. But the point I want to make of the story is, if there's anybody out here listening in this podcast, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. But if you have a mom and dad and you are estranged from them, I'm encouraging you to, hey, you don't, we're all older. We don't need a mom and dad. Try to get some peace in a relationship before it's over. I'm glad me and my dad came to a resolution that we were just going to be friends. And I used to get letters from kids When I used to talk about this publicly back in the 80s and 90s about me and my dad had reconciled and I'm in the same situation and I would talk to him. I said, yo, I I don't know the entire situation, but you're only going to get one mom and dad. Try to be friends. You're older now. You don't need, quote unquote, a dad, but you should always try to, hey, we're going to be friends for the rest of your life because once you're gone, you're gone. I remember when you were going through that Yeah, and you had made the decision that, yeah, I'm going to see my dad again. And it's so important, Chuckster, because I think the biggest roadblock in situations like that, and again, look, I couldn't have had a better relationship with my mom and dad. And, you know, my mom's still at 93, you know, I still see her, lost my dad 10 years ago. But I also realize that there are so many relationships that have been strained and, Mm -hmm. and forgotten. And I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks is that both parties are so dead set in saying, well, he's got to make the move or she's got to make the move or he's got. And the toughest thing there sometimes is to say, I'm going to make the move. Even, even though it's not comfortable for me, Yeah, I'm going to make the move. You know, and I've told you this before, you and Kenny to me are remarkable because I would put y'all parents and I'm not just saying this because we're on the podcast. I mean, we've been together 21 years. Yeah. I've known you longer than that, but I've been on the show for 21 years. And to see your mom and dad 
and Kenny's mom and dad, people who like been married for a hundred years. Yeah. Not only been married for a hundred years, who've been happy and been great parents. I've always admired and respected that. I always tell people this. I don't believe there are no asshole kids. I really don't. I think if you follow a kid home who's an asshole, I think there's some people at home who taught him to be that. Because, <laughs> and like I say, I'm not trying to play Dr. Phil or Dr. Phyllis. I just think that most people, if they grow up in a great environment, they really ahead of the game. I truly believe that. And I've always said this, watching you with your parents, watching Kenny, like going to your dad's funeral, going to Kenny's mom's funeral, they were traumatic for me because I felt the pain of the mate. Yeah. Because they y'all both have been married probably close to 50 years when the other person passed away. And I'm like, that's amazing in his own right. So like I say, Ernie hit a great point, and that's the point I really want to make. Because when I called my dad, I said, yo, man, this is me. At the time, I think I was probably early 30s. I said, hey, I don't need a dad, but you're the only one I got. Let's just be friends. And from that point on, we had a great relationship. And when I got the call from his wife last week, I was deeply sad. And all my close friends like, yo, man, how you feeling? I'm like, I'm good. They're like, yeah, how you really feeling? I says, uh, you know, I'm I'm all over the place. Like, I'm sad. I wish it could have been better, like, my whole life. But the time we got together at the end, I feel great about that. You're glad you made that call. I'm glad I made that call. Because let me tell you something. You know, I didn't graduate from high school. So I flunked Spanish. So I didn't get to graduate. So my dad had not been in my life my entire life. And he flew to Alabama to see me graduate and I didn't graduate and he ripped me a new asshole and I made up my mind because I was traumatized number one I had to go to summer school before I got into Auburn but I was traumatized not graduating I remember you saying you watched the ceremony from like next door ah man. I stood I stood on a baseball stadium and looked at the football. Uh, nobody in the world knew I was there either. I drove around to, to the back of the high school, and I stared. for It took about an hour and a half to two hours, if I remember correctly. And I just stared there, and I cried the whole time. I remember that. Though the good thing about it, my name would have been called Barkley would have came really early. <laughs> but I stood there for two hours, and I was so traumatized because I didn't know what was going to happen. And my dad had just ripped me a new one all day long. I said, I f about flying all the way, because he was in California my entire childhood. And when he did that, I said, hey, I remember crying. I said, I'm never speaking to that dude again. And I didn't speak to him for probably 10, 15, 20 years. I said, I'll never speak to him again. Because like I said, dude, I needed comfort at that moment. And you just killed me. And like, like, not like you had been a great dad my whole life. But like I said, when I made the phone call later in life, I'm glad I did. And like I said, I just hope he rest in peace. That is, uh, man, that's a powerful way to start the new year. And I think that message will resonate. You know, folks that are listening to this podcast yeah. in that very same situation, Chuckster, yeah. saying, Let's pick up the no, phone. No, we're fractured beyond repair. We can never fix this. Take the first step. And I'm, I'm, I know that uh, you're, like happy, I say, you're happy that you did. I'm, I'm glad I did. And like I said, I hope he's rest in peace. He, he served our country. He's a veteran. He's one of the reasons I do a lot of work with the Wounded Warriors. To all the veterans out there, thank you for your service, and my dad can rest at peace now. We are underway on the steam room. Glad you're with us. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. New Year. 2022. Oh, yes. 
back inside the steam room with our first show of 2022. Oh, this is big today, Ernest. This is big. You know, I, I told Michael Kaplan, our producer, because he's always saying, who would you guys like to have on the show? And I said, you know who I really want? Because I'm, you know, I got this addiction to the Peloton. I know you do. And, and I was like, it would be great if we could get the face of Peloton, Alex Toussaint, on the show. And Cap makes it happen. And A.T. joins us in the steam room. Man, it, this, this is such a pleasure because you have influenced and encouraged, I'm thinking, millions of folks by your workouts on that bike, man, on the Peloton. And I'm one of them. And so thank you for being here, man. This is, this is really a pleasure. No, thank you for the opportunity, Ernie. And I thank you, Charles, as well. I grew up watching you guys my entire childhood with my father. I studied basketball. Um, so to sit here in front of the presence of two greats uh, is, a, is a blessing. It makes you feel like I'm doing something right. <laughs> so I remember the first time I became somebody. It was a shock to your system. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've been in it a long time now. Have you shocked at your popularity? Every single day. Every single day. I'm a regular individual. I still got to take my hat off when I kiss my mom on the cheek when I walk in the house. So to walk outside and see people come up to me randomly and say that you've inspired me, you've helped me become a better person, a better individual. Um, it's definitely a self-validating uh, moment in my life right now. Just to, after everything I've overcome, all the adversity, all the negativity that I've lived through, to be on the opposite side now and to have this moment to just inspire people and to spread this love. Charles, it is a blessing. And there's no day that I wake up that I'm ever used to it because there's never two days that are the same. So I'm still trying to get adjusted to it, but I definitely take this opportunity and definitely appreciate the love and the support from everybody out there. Well, Alex, let's get into that a little bit about how this all came to be, because I know you've been with Peloton since, what, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. Yes, sir. Uh, But the road to get there, you know, I I know it includes, I guess, a troubled, as they say, childhood, but, you know, and a time Mm -hmm. at uh, military school and that kind of thing. But take us through that and how it went from there to this. Yeah. I, so I was fortunate enough to have two wonderful parents, Haitian immigrants that came to this country, sacrificed everything in their power to make sure that my brothers um, and myself were just put in a position to succeed. I was that young kid that never understood those sacrifices and took those all for granted. So I've been kicked out of every school I've, I've ever been to. Um, I didn't really have a great relationship with my father growing up. The love was there, but he was just so tough on me that it just put me in a dark space that I wasn't able to really live up to the family last name. Um, so I went to military school in sixth grade just to gain some kind of discipline structure to make sure that my, I didn't end up a statistic. My dad was like, the way the course of your life is going right now, I don't want to see you dead or in jail. So the best option was to send me to military school to help me get a, a strong foundation as a young man, help me get some purpose and direction in life. That way I was put in a position to succeed. So I got to give all the credit to my father and my mother for pushing me to such a level of greatness that I wouldn't be able to get there without, without their support. Um, I went to audio video production school in Rhode Island. And then my car was stolen out there and then my, just depression kicked in. Not living up to the family last name kind of just threw me into a downward spiral. Um, I started mopping floors at a company called Flywheel Sports, where at the same time, I, I asked the owner, Ruth Zuckerman, for an opportunity to start teaching. And she looked at me and said, if you give me two weeks of your time, we could change your life. We fast forward nine years later, and I'm at Peloton living out my dream, getting to be myself every single day and inspiring millions of people. So in the words of Biggie Smalls, um, I like the life I live because I went from negative to positive, and it's all good, baby. Wait, who gave you that opportunity? Uh, a lady by the name of Ruth Zuckerman. One of my life mentors. So she told you to give me two weeks and and the rest is history? Yes, sir. And I, I say that because I say this a lot in my class. Every day is an audition to be great. She saw me mopping those floors with a certain purpose and a certain direction that if she gave me another opportunity, what could I do with it? 
So every day that I came to work mopping floors was the audition for me to even have the opportunity to get onto the cycling bike. Hundreds of people have always come up to her and asked for an opportunity. But how many people have taken that opportunity and really run with it and take that to a serious level in life? How did it go from there to Peloton? How, I mean, they call you or are you talking to the Peloton folks or how did that all happen? It was a recruitment process. This was early on. This is 2014, heading into 15. Um, I had an opportunity to meet John Foley, uh, the CEO of our company right now, one of the most inspirational people in my life. Um, and he said, your talents need to be broadcasted worldwide. What you're doing right now inside of a room in front of 50 people is great, but let's get you in front of millions of people. And at the time, I'm like, that, doesn't, that sounds crazy. People aren't riding in their house. People aren't going to be taking classes like that. But we fast forward years later, it all goes down to people seeing a light in you that you don't see into yourself. That's really what my life has always been about. I've had a lot of instrumental people that have really made sure that uh, they put that extra battery into my back to push me to another level of greatness. And Ruth Zuckerman, John Foley, these are individuals that really took a, a liking in me and just gave me an opportunity that I never took for granted. And here we are. To me, I think it's all right to make mistakes when you're young because we don't know anything. Yes, sir. But I got to give you credit for just keep battling because I think that so many kids, like for me, I started stealing when I was a young kid. And, and I remember getting chased by the police one night and I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. But I was so lucky I didn't cross that bridge where you can't come back. Yes, sir. So I, I think your story is inspirational because we're supposed to be young, dumb, and stupid. I, I think that's that quote uh, for a reason. But I'm intrigued by your dad because when you have a, a strong, dominating parent, and I try to actually be that. Because I think too many parents want to be friends with their kids. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the biggest problems. But I think me and my daughter, I think she really thought I was crazy when she was young. And I think now she's getting ready to become a mother. I said, hey, our job ain't to be your friend. Our job is to get you ready for the real world. And it seems like yes, sir. you talk about the young, the, the, the lady who helped you, and you talk about the CEO of your company, but... Man, having a father like that, I think you probably appreciate it more, obviously, now than you did at the time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's what I, that's what I was saying before. My Understanding my dad's sacrifices, my mom and dad's sacrifices as an older, older individual versus as a uh, young teen or like an adolescent, not understanding that at a young age and taking that for granted and now seeing the opposite side of it. Every day that I get on that bike, every day that I wake up, I'm able to represent my family last name and represent my parents. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to validate all, everything that my parents have ever done. Every sacrifice, every opportunity, everything I've ever failed them at. I'm trying to just validate that in real time because we understand that like a lot of young black men and a lot of young black individuals don't have both parents in their lives. And I'm fortunate enough to have two, both, two of my parents who cared about me, who made sure that I was protected, who made sure that they pushed me to another level. Um, and as a kid, yeah, like that was stressful. We got into fights all the time, but I look back now and I call my dad randomly and I just say, thank you. Thank you, because there's so many things that I go through every single day that it was uh, those are lessons from my childhood that my dad put me through. You know, when you talk like that, there's a guy named Herm Edwards who I really admire and respect. Played in the NFL, coached the NFL for a long time. Now he's coaching Arizona State. And people have always asked Herm to speak to their young men. I would trust Herm with any young men in the world. But you said something that he talks about. He says, that last name on your jersey, it ain't your name. It's your family's name. Yes, sir. So expand upon that a little bit, please. Well, just understanding that um, I come from two Haitian immigrants and understanding that I was one sacrifice away from growing up in Haiti compared to growing up in New York where I had 
more advantages than I possibly would in my entire life. When you understand that as a, as a young kid heading into a young adult, it shifts your perspective and your mindset. Because as a young kid, you're always thinking about your first name. What can I do for myself? What can I do for my name? What can, what can people remember me as? But as I get older, I'm thinking about the last name, the ones that sacrificed that came before me, the ones that are going to come here while I'm in this, time, in this time period, and also the ones that are going to come after. It's all about the legacy. And I want people to remember our last name for something powerful on this planet. It's never been about the first name. It's always got to be about your last name and, and the people that come before you and after you. So I try to use that as my daily motivation. And that helps me keep, keep my back against that wall of, we don't have the opportunity to get comfortable. I don't have the opportunity to get tired. I don't have the opportunity not to sacrifice and, and push my name to another level. Because my parents can come to this country without knowing the English language, not having the, English, uh, the education, and be able to thrive in this country. It's my duty to at least put my, the next generation in a position to succeed and thrive as well. Alex, let's talk about the bike. Let's talk about being in the saddle. Let's talk about somebody who gets on there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes for an Alex Tucson workout. Yes, sir. Number one, I, I love the way you use that platform. You know, it's not just, okay, uh, we're going to do this now for the next 25 seconds or this. And now it's you share your life, basically. I mean, not in great detail, but the qualities that, that have gotten you here. How did you come upon that style of teaching uh, all these millions of folks like me who are on that bike? I would go back to the credit of Ruth Zuckerman when she, when I first got into a cycling bike, she said, anybody can teach you a sold out room when it's sold out. Can you teach you an empty room when it's not sold out? And having that perspective and that mindset of getting up there and just being able to express yourself and be you is a powerful thing. And for the community to be receptive of the messages that I'm, that I'm providing is also a powerful thing. So I just give my hats off to Peloton and the people that gave me inspiration throughout the way, because I'm, I get to just go to work every single day and be myself. I'm still just going through the, the trials and the tribulations. I'm still dealing with childhood trauma that every single pedal stroke I take is an opportunity to carve away at that, to really shape out who I want to be in the future. This is just me being myself. And I'm just so happy that it, it allows me to inspire people. Are there ever days, though, where it's tough to do that? I mean, we all have days where we go to work and maybe are, are not 100% or maybe something, we're saying... Something's going on yeah, at home. something's going on. But, man, yeah. every time yeah. I'm on there and I see you, it's like dude, this guy's more energetic than he was last time. And he's kicking my ass harder than he did the day before. <laughs> Ernie, to keep it real with you, I go through those days all the time. But there's a beautiful thing that my job, quote unquote, which is my passion, is also my form of therapy. My ability to express myself at work is a blessing itself. So if I'm going through a bad day, the minute I get onto the bike, that's my happy place. That's my comfort zone. That's my, that's my empty gym uh, basket right in front of me. Nobody's guarding me. And I can get shots up. That's my that's my open setting right there. So when I, if you've been in the live, in the live show before pre-show, you see me say a prayer before class, kiss my shoes and give thanks. Those are just the key elements that keep me locked in uh, into the ride that we're about to go through. But the minute that red light goes on, I just, I, get, I find that grace and that gratitude of being able to go to work and be myself and get to just have fun and inspire people. There's, it's a blessing. So Alex, like I've lost about 45 pounds. I got about 45 more to go. Cause I gained about 92 pounds when I got new hips. Okay. So now I'm starting to feel like a human being again. So obviously cardio is a really, really important part of this master plan. Give older guys like myself, I'm almost 60, what advice eating-wise would you give me to help me keep going losing weight? I don't think we want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Charles, it's one of those things you got to know your body and know what makes you feel good. I'm the first, I'm very much of a believer of, I'm a free spirit eater. I eat whatever I want, but at a level of discipline wise. So like freedom within the discipline, right? You just got to know your body and know what works best. So if I was you personally, I would just try to make sure I put healthy, fresh foods into your system, whether it be vegetables, fruits, um, stay away from too much carbs, things that like the heavy fats, the fried chickens and things like that, that we all love on a good Sunday. Yeah. It all comes just back down to the discipline. Have your freedom. Enjoy your life. Like you got one life to live. Enjoy it. Eat what you want to eat, but also have that discipline to know when to pull back, when to take your body to that level of like, all right, I've been eating crazy. Let me scale back just a tad bit. So I never want to tell somebody what to put into their body because your body is your temple and you know it better than anyone else. I just would say find the freedom within the discipline and what makes you feel good. AT, this guy has got a Peloton bike and he won't ride it. Okay. So wait, why not? I want you to, I want you to convince him because I, I, I've been on the thing for a year now and it's been a life changer I told you for me. I had to get some of the weight off of me because it, that bike will still support you. I, I know, but I wanted to be able to, to actually ride a bike and actually do something. As like Kenny says, you can't ride a bike on one and think you're doing something. You know, Kenny, he, he won't let you ride it on one. Yeah, no, uh, listen, I'm excited. I'm really excited about my Peloton. I'm not going to lie because. Ernie and Alex, this is what's amazing about you. Like, first of all, I got all the girls at work got Pelotons and they brag about you. But I got a 70-year-old, but no, seriously. I, but I got a 70-year-old white guy who brags about you all the time. And I'm like, 65, man. That's 70. You round I'm up. I'm 65. You, you round up, Ernie. No, but but it's just so funny. Like, it's it's uh, all the girls, like, looking at you and got a crush on you and everything. But then in the last year, Ernie's talking about, yeah, I took Alex's class today. I'm like, your spectrum of inspiring people is exactly what you're trying to do. You're all over the place trying to inspire people. It's pretty cool. Yes, sir. I got to give credit to my environment where I was brought up in between the East Hampton aspect of Long Island where I was raised, as well as the military school, and then as well as being put into uh, a corporate space at a young age. All those different pillars helped me communicate with the different types of communities and different backgrounds. So it's a blessing to be able to have that wide spectrum. Obviously, I, I don't take that for granted. And just to be able to be myself while doing it, it's, it's a powerful thing. As you guys know, you get to go to work every single day. You love your jobs. And you guys are very much yourselves every single day to the point that you love what you do. I'm just doing that, and I'm riding a bike. That's, that's all it is. And the word that you said there, it's get to. You get to do this. Get to. Yes, sir. You that's get one to. of Ernie's favorite sayings. It is, man. It's, it's a get to, not a got to, man. Yes, sir. And that's all the difference. I got a question. When's the last day... The last day you haven't been on a bike? Oh, I just came off of a week vacation. Trust me, I definitely take my recovery days. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, trust me. <laughs> Charles, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm not teaching, I am not on that bike. My bike at home has a little bit of dust on it. Don't tell nobody, but I, if, I'm, if I'm not teaching, I'm not on that bike. I got to get my body that proper recovery as much as possible. How, how difficult is it or how different is it from the days when you're doing live classes where you had, you know, you have folks in there and you're, you know, you're making eye contact with folks and now it's all on a screen. And do you miss those days when you have folks in the studio with you? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. You obviously appreciate the in-studio uh, energy that the members provide. Um, but we just want to make sure every, all of our members stay safe right now. So being able to shift to the, um, to the just teaching in-studio and having our members at home, making sure everybody's safe while still providing that level of discipline, structure, and love for our members. I want to make sure everybody stays safe at all times. So obviously I miss that and I wish we could have the members back. And hopefully we will soon. But for right now, we just want to make sure that everybody stays safe. Hey, I was reading the GQ profile on you. And uh, and so I, I'm going to make you uncomfortable here. Uh-oh. Imagine, okay, you're looking into that screen and pretend that that is your mirror. Mm-hmm. So show us what you do in front of the mirror every morning. All right. So if I'm looking right into the mirror right now, I'm going to close my eyes. 
take a second just to give thanks that my feet touch the ground, my eyes opened up and I get to move my body, move my mind. Before we do anything else, I just want to give myself that inhale of confidence. Let's get it, baby. And that's, that's that third one that just lets out all that negative energy <laughs> to release all that toxins. It's time to go be great. We're afforded another 24 hours and I'm, now I'm locked in. That's the three things I need to get going every single morning. And, and, that, and then you begin to validate your greatness. Yes, sir. Yet another time. Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, we've got a little something that you might find amusing. You know, we talked about Chuck having a Peloton but not using it. In the <laughs> studio, early on when, when Chuckster began at uh, the NBA on TNT, we tried to get him back in shape. Uh, as he was trying to lose weight to get back to his his playing weight. And we unveiled at that point the Chuck Cycle 5000. Oh, Lord. And and we happen to have <laughs> the Chuck Cycle 5000 has been brought here into our tiny steam room studio, and it has got everything you could possibly want wow. in an exercise <laughs> machine. The Chuck Cycle 5000. And look at the, the dangling Twinkie in front. That's that's the goal that he's going for. Uh, <laughs> who, who came up with this contraption? Hey, who's that hey, 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 that's a great way of explaining it. It's a contraption. Uh, loaded with Twinkies. <laughs> it's loaded with Twinkies, and Chuck actually rode that thing. I did ride that thing. Does it, does, does it still work? Oh, let's see. Yeah. Chuck, all those Twinkies are expired. I'm going to let you know right now. All those hey, Twinkies hey, are hey, expired. Hey, Alex, hey, nothing can kill a Twinkie. Let's get that out the way. <laughs> oh, he's moving. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, if that thing if that thing can hold you down right there, you have no excuse to get on your Peloton, I'll tell you right now. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Hey, I just hope these ain't the same twinkets from like ten years I, ago. I have a feeling they are. <laughs> uh, Alex, man, it's been great talking to you. And I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you uh, taking some time. No, thank you, fellas. Look, my two hundredth ride is Saturday afternoon at one thirty live with you uh because look when i when i'm working on there and i'm looking at my numbers and i'm saying okay well i got two rides to 200 and but i have to work it out so that my daughter maggie and my son eric can be on theirs at the same time and take the the same live class i love that so me poppy 32 i'm among the thousands who will be on that bike 130 saturday afternoon poppy 32 along with eric and maggie on that, thir- I think a 30-minute club banger. So we will be on there. I want to make sure I get you some love on the leaderboard that day, Ernie. Yes. And you know I normally don't take requests. I know. I'm going to ask you right now, is there anything you want to hear in that class? You're the only one I'm going to take a request for. Uh, no, no, I, I don't even need to make any, because all of your playlists are on point, man. So you you just go ahead and you do your thing. And, hey, I, I, and listen, I'm going to say, number one, I'm proud of you, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep inspiring people. Thank you, bro. And one thing we need, especially in the black community, is better health care, take better care of our bodies. And I promise you this, I, I'm down about 45. Now I'm going to start getting real serious. I'm going to join. I'm going to be with you real soon. I promise you. I'm going to hold you to that, Chuck. Yes. I'm going to hold you to that. Hey, here's my request. I do have a request. And this will be this will be a great song for for that class. PJ Morton, who's the who's the keyboardist for Maroon 5, but a great solo artist. PJ Morton, sticking to my guns. Ooh. PJ Morton sticking to my guns. He's a hey, great, he's a hey, great hey, man. Listen to that. It's it's perfect for the class, all right? Yes, sir. I got you, my brother. I got you. Say less. I got you. I appreciate you for doing this. I appreciate you for what you do every day for so many people around the world. And uh, and you have a great story. Keep sharing that story. Keep inspiring folks, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, fellas, for the opportunity to sit here and connect with you guys. Much love. 
Much love. That's awesome. I'll see you Saturday afternoon at 1.30, man. <laughs> yes, sir. That's a great way to start out 2022. It is, for sure. That's tremendous. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. What? Today's show has been awesome. Man, a lot of fun. Yeah. Talking to Alex... Man, that was inspiring. Yeah. I mean, that was very inspired. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, you think about where he was at yeah. a certain time in his life and then how things changed. I mean, it's you know, but it's the, a great the, it's a great when story. You, when you are somebody who can inspire people and you do it. And you do it. <laughs> it's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, I I've bought three or four Peloton bikes for friends and family. You got to use yours, man. I know. And they all talk about him. Dude, it's amazing. It really is. I can't believe you go up to 200. Yeah, I've had it less than a year. It'll be a year at the end of January. And so at least every other day. Wow. That's, an, that's, that's a pretty 200. That's a big number. It's a good sweat, man. Yeah. Um, before we get to the uh, answering machine, Monday night, Georgia, Alabama. What are you thinking? Georgia, what are you thinking about my dogs? Hey, I'm just going to tell y'all this. Georgia is going to win the championship. Guaranteed! Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. I'm telling you, Ernie. You know, just the reverse psychology of it. No, I'm just telling you. I, I really believe in y'all this time. Mm -hmm. I think that last game was Alabama had to win. And regardless of people say, well, Georgia wanted to win, there's a difference between want to win and have to win. Mm -hmm. And you can say to yourself, this is a game we need to win. But there's another, like, those two people on your shoulders, like, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to win. They have to win. And, and, that's, a and that's a different mentality. But I'm going to tell you something, Ernie. George is going to win a national championship. And I want to be the first to congratulate no, you. No, man, I, I'm not even going to come close to accepting any congratulations yeah. right now. I, I just gonna That's going to be a nervous Monday, man. Oh, that's it's going to oh, be a nervous it's Monday. It's going to be a very nervous Monday. But you know what? They're in it. You're going to win. There's two teams left, and they're one of them. Yeah. Okay, let's see what folks out there in the uh, in the podcast universe have to say about the Chuckster uh, with Chuck's answering machine. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hi, Chuck. This is Sherry, your most loyal steamer here in Manila. Um, I just want to say for the better part of 2021, you kept me laughing despite this pandemic. So before the year ends, I just want to say thank you for being such an inspiration inside the NBA and especially this podcast is something I look forward to every week. So Chuck, thank you for being you and don't ever change. You are my idol. And Ernie, thank you for teaching me about those Blackberry moments. Bye guys. Oh, that A was call really from the cool. Philippines. Uh, that's, that's, awesome. pretty, that's pretty cool. No. Uh, you know, I love sports. Sports have given me every single thing in my life. I love it, but it ain't important in the big scheme. We're not doctor, essential workers. We're not in the armed services. Those are like real people who got real jobs. Those people I admire and respect. We got guys making millions of dollars dribbling a stupid basketball. I want to have fun. That being said, I had no idea what to expect when we started doing this podcast. And it's been one of the really cool things that I've done. Like some of the calls we get 
when people are telling us they're going through some stuff. There was Emily Veach, who, oh, yes. who, who was the yes. cancer survivor, yes. who, by the way, celebrating her 40th birthday. She's 40? So, so happy birthday, M. Happy birthday. And uh, the brother, the teacher from New York, yeah. who, in, who incorporates us into the shows. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. No. And we appreciate we it. Appreciate we appreciate it. We really do. Thanks for the call from uh, the Philippines. Next up. Hey, Charles. This uh, this fast, slim, milky. And, uh, you know, I just had a question. Now, you clearly have a healthy diet, healthy lifestyle, obviously. And uh, being a country boy, uh, I was wondering if, if uh, mud bugs or crawdads are part of your diet and, and how you prepare them. Thank you. Mud bugs and crawdads. Yeah. So he said fat slim? Something like that. I yeah. think that's an oxymoron, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a little different. Fat Slim. Uh, mud bugs are, I used to have them a lot when I was in Houston. Uh, Explain. They they came two ways. They came uh, in a gumbo that was amazing. I'll eat anything in a gumbo. Uh, except okra. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, that's one. No, I love gumbo. When Some it's sausage. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. And dewy sausage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I can't. I never bugs. understand why. Oh, oh. The mud bugs were fabulous. I've actually gotten them at um, it's a it's a it's a Texas chain. It begins with a P. Papados. Papados. That's it. Good call. Somebody said the brains. Papados <laughs> made that was good. Michael Kaplan again. Okay, yeah. Papados is they do a really good job with the mud bugs. But yeah, but I only have when I'm in Texas for some reason because well they got Papados here too. Uh, you ought to order from Papados here one of these nights and I get might you some mud to. bugs. I might have to get me some mud bugs. But yes, that's part of my diet. Like I'd rather have neck bones, ham hocks, pig feet, pig ears. Those are delicacies where I'm from. Chicken feet. I love chicken <laughs> feet. Only problem with chicken feet, you got to eat like a thousand to get like full. Uh, I think you're probably up to about eighty thousand. <laughs> Next. Hi, Charles Barkley. This is the neat thing. My question for Charles is that, as basketball players, if you had to use the bathroom, how would that work? Would you ever tell your coach, I need to use the bathroom? Would you disappear? You know, how, like sometimes when NBA players get injured, is it sometimes a bathroom break? How does that work? Or do you guys hold it until break time or something like that? Just wanted to know. It's very curious. But yeah, happy holidays, guys. That's an interesting question. I, I cannot remember ever having to use the bathroom during the game. You either do it at halftime, before the game or halftime. So you never had like a, a bad boiler one day where, no, where I, things were, you know, your stomach was upset and you were like, oh, I better get off this court. No, I've been, uh, that's a really interesting question. Any teammates? Uh, I don't think you would tell anybody. <laughs> I, I think if you had a, 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 a serious situation, I don't think you would tell people. But... <laughs> I, I personally have never had to go to the bathroom. Like I say, I only get all that way out before the game or at halftime, but I never had an emergency situation during the game. That's a really interesting question. I always wondered that about like NASCAR drivers. No, they do it in the car. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I talked to a driver and I said, but what if, you know, he's, you just go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I knew that. My. Yeah, you just go. <laughs> I knew that about NASCAR drivers. You just go, brother. I mean, because some of those races, four, five hundred, six hundred miles, you can't just pull over in the middle of a race and go. During a pit stop, say, guys, I'll be right back. No, you cannot. No, man. I've always wondered about NASCAR. Why can't they have, like, 
NASCAR gas stations in America. So where you can actually get stuff done like in three to five minutes or less and be on your merry used way. To, yeah, you used to be able to go to a service station. Somebody came out, pumped your gas. You know what everything. I'm talking about as far as like changing your tires and things like that quickly. When you huh. take your car to the shop now, it takes like half the day, mm-hmm. even if it's just for all change. Why could you, like, we should start this. Uh, I'm going to call Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon, Dale, uh, uh, Dale, Jared, uh, three of my good friends. Shout out to them boys. We're going to start. Some kind of a pit crew like comes a out. Pit crew, and you done within like 25 seconds. Yes. All change, <laughs> all four tires, change your all, you're out within 10 minutes. That might be an idea, Chuckster. That might be an idea. The thing never stops, does it? <laughs> it never stops. <laughs> the last call. <laughs> Hey guys, my name is Dre. I'm from Jackson, Tennessee, about an hour outside of Memphis. I've been a loyal steamer now for about three to four months. You know, I've always enjoyed watching you guys on TNT, and I just wanted to call and tell you guys how much I appreciate the podcast. Uh, the past, I'll say, two years, man, I've been going through some really hard mental struggles. I had to figure out really that I'm, uh, that I deal with depression, anxiety, and just a list of other things that mentally kind of keep me from being my best self. But you guys, especially Ernie, Ernie, I've been reading your book now on Audible for, well, listening to it on Audible now for the last week. And it's really helped me to see things different. Chuck, uh, just your personality and not caring about what people have to say attitude has made me do the same for my life. And I just want to tell you guys from the bottom of my heart how much it means to be a loyal steamer. And how much it means to have guys like you around in this world to give guys a different perspective on life. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Thank you. Wow. That is a a humbling call. Well, number one, as I said a few minutes ago, when we started this stupid podcast thing, I had no idea what it was going to be. But when we get calls like yours and make it worthwhile, I want to tell you this, man, you never alone. Like, we had Alex on talking about two people who had a huge influence on his life when he was struggling. Like, you, I tell people, that, man, you never alone. There's somebody out there you can talk to when things aren't going good. But I will give you one piece of advice of worrying about what everybody thinks. When I was first started becoming an NBA star, it was a real struggle for me. Because, listen, my personality has obviously grown over the last 30 years. But in the beginning, I used to be kind of a quiet, low-key kid. I don't think reporters ever talked to me in my first two years in the league. And about my third year in the league, I started becoming a star, and they started coming to me. And I really wanted everybody to like me. I really did. But I remember talking to Doc about the Sixers would say, hey, be careful what you say. My first thing was like, you know, man, I'm blessed. Thank God for us winning this game and blah, blah, blah. Some that's simple. I remember the first time I got, they told me like, hey, don't talk about God. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, but people are complaining. I'm like, okay. And I called Doc. I said, Doc, how do I handle this? He says, son, if you live your life trying to make everybody happy, you're going to go crazy. Your head's always going to be on a swivel. He says, you're going to have to make a decision how you want to handle this. You can be yourself and just say your truth. Now, you're going to get killed sometime, but you're going to get killed the other way also. Without you, question, yeah, sure. Without question. I says, 
I can sleep better at night saying what I want to say. And I say that doesn't mean I'm right all the time. But instead of trying to juggle all these balls, let me make these people happy, make make these happy, make these people happy, these people. I says, yeah, I can live with people getting mad at me for telling my truth. And I always tell people, because we always had this argument on the show, I don't believe there's a such thing as an expert. That's just some guy's <laughs> opinion. Like, I look, I look at TV sometimes like, well, he's an expert. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's just a guy who he might have studied or he did his homework, but it's just his opinion. So, my man... Don't live your life trying to make everybody happy. Try to make yourself happy first and foremost, and then go from there. And just going back to our guest, Alex, today, you never know what tomorrow might bring. Yes. You never know. Uh, And when you live with that kind of an expectancy, that's like, you know what? The next thing could happen right out of the blue. Yeah. And don't give up hope. No. You know, that things can turn around. And, And also... Look, we talk a lot about athletes these days and and mental health. Yes. And, you know, some of these players, you know, obviously they have at their disposal, teams have at their disposal, you know, folks who can help who, them who immediately. Are professionals who can yeah. help them immediately. You may not have that where you live and where you work these days, but seek it out. Yeah. You know, seek out the, the counsel and advice and help of a professional. Yes. Uh, and not... Me and Chuck, Chuck and I are just kind of talking and, and sometimes, you know, maybe what we've been through, what we've experienced can resonate with you. We don't, we don't know, but we're not professionals no. there. But if you if you can avail yourself to somebody who can really look at your situation and say, you know, this might turn your life around or turn your outlook around, mm-hmm. I'd encourage you to do that. Yeah, you're never alone. Yeah, we're just here to kind of have fun, have fun and appreciate calls like that yes. and the fact that it kind of goes back to the way we started the show. You had no idea that Desmond Tutu would say to you, thank you for what you've done. And when somebody calls and says the podcast, hey, thanks, you're helping. That means a lot. It does. It It means means a lot. It means the world to us. It's good good for the soul. Um, Man, this has been a good show. Uh, In my humble opinion, and it probably shouldn't say that about about our own show. It's been a great show. This has been a great show. But, It's been a great show. Yes, it has. And uh, we appreciate you all listening. All you loyal steamers. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And um, come join us again next week. Yes. We'll be here. Yes, we will. Hope you will be too.